Chapter Four of Uncle Silas by Joseph Sheridan Le Fanu. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Four, Madame de la Rougierre. On a sudden, on the grass before me stood an odd figure, a very tall woman in grey draperies, nearly white under the moon, curtsying extraordinarily low and rather fantastically. I stared in something like a horror upon the large and rather hollow features which I did not know, smiling very unpleasantly on me, and the moment it was plain that I saw her, the grey woman began gobbling and cackling shrilly. I could not distinctly hear what through the window, and gesticulating oddly with her long hands and arms. As she drew near the window, I flew to the fireplace and rang the bell frantically and seeing her still there, and fearing that she might break into the room, I flew out of the door, very much frightened, and met Branston the butler in the lobby. "'There's a woman at the window!' I gasped. "'Turn her away, please!' If I had said a man, I suppose fat Branston would have summoned and sent forward a detachment of footmen. As it was, he bowed gravely with a, "'Yes'm, shalman and with an air of authority approached the window. I don't think that he was pleasantly impressed himself by the first sight of our visitor, for he stopped short some steps of the window, and demanded rather sternly, "'What you doing there, woman?' To this summons her answer, which occupied a little time, was inaudible to me, but Branston replied, "'I wasn't aware, ma'am. I heard nothing.' "'But you'll go round that way. "'You'll see the hall-door steps, "'and I'll speak to the master, "'and do as he shall order.' "'The figure said something and pointed. "'Yes, that's it, and you can't miss the door.' "'And Mr. Branson returned slowly down the long room, "'and halted with outturned pumps "'and grave inclination before me, "'and the faintest amount of interrogation in the announcement. "'Please, em, she says she's the governess.' "'The governess? What governess?' Branston was too well-bred to smile, and he said thoughtfully, "'Praps, m'm, I'd best ask the master,' to which I assented, and away strode the flat pumps of the butler to the library. I stood breathless in the hall. Every girl at my age knows how much is involved in such an advent. I also heard Mrs. Rusk, in a minute or two more, emerge i suppose from the study she walked quickly and muttered sharply to herself an evil trick in which she indulged when much put about i should have been glad of a word with her but i fancied she was vexed and would not have talked satisfactorily she did not however come my way merely crossing the hall with her quick energetic step was it really the arrival of a governess was that apparition which had impressed me so unpleasantly to take the command of me, to sit alone with me, to haunt me perpetually with her sinister looks and shrilly gabble? I was just making up my mind to go to Mary Quince and learn something definite, when I heard my father's step approaching from the library. So I quietly re-entered the drawing-room, but with an anxious and throbbing heart. When he came in, as usual, he patted me on the head gently with a kind of smile, and then began his silent walk up and down the room. 
i was yearning to question him on the point that just then engrossed me so disagreeably but the awe in which i stood of him forbade after a time he stopped at the window the curtain of which i had drawn and the shutter partly opened and he looked out perhaps with associations of his own on the scene i had been contemplating it was not for nearly an hour after that my father suddenly after his wont in a few words apprised me of the arrival of madame de la rougierre to be my governess highly recommended and perfectly qualified my heart sank with a sure presage of ill i already disliked distrusted and feared her i had more than an apprehension of her temper and fear of possibly abused authority the large-featured smirking phantom saluting me so oddly in the moonlight retained ever after its peculiar and unpleasant hold upon my nerves well miss maud dear i hope you'll like your new governess for it's more than i do just at present at least said mrs rusk sharply she was awaiting me in my room i hate them french women they're not natural i think i gave her her supper in my room she eats like a wolf she does the great raw-boned animal i wish you saw her in bed as i did i put her next the clock-room she'll hear the hours betimes i'm thinking you never saw such a sight the great long nose and hollow cheeks of her and oh such a mouth i felt almost like little red riding hood i did miss here honest mary quince who enjoyed mrs rusk's satire a weapon in which she was not herself strong laughed outright turn down the bed mary she's very agreeable she is just now all newcomers is but she did not get many compliments from me miss no i rather think not i wonder why honest english girls won't answer the gentry for governesses instead of them gaping scheming wicked foreigners lord forgive me i think they're all alike next morning i made acquaintance with madame de la rougierre she was tall masculine a little ghastly perhaps and draped in purple silk with a lace cap and great bands of black hair too thick and black perhaps to correspond quite naturally with her bleached and sallow skin her hollow jaws and the fine but grim wrinkles traced about her brows and eyelids she smiled she nodded and then for a good while she scanned me in silence with a steady cunning eye and a stern smile and how is she named what is mademoiselle's name said the tall stranger maud madame maud what pretty name eh bien i am very sure my dear maud she will be very good little girl is not so and i am sure i shall love you very much and what have you been learning maud my dear child music french german eh yes a little and i had just begun the use of the globes when my governess went away i nodded towards the globes which stood near her as i said this ah yes the globes and she spun one of them with her great hand je vous expliquerai tout cela avant madame de la rougierre i found was always quite ready to explain everything fond. but somehow her explications as she termed them were not very intelligible and when pressed her temper woke up 
so that I preferred, after a while, accepting the expositions just as they came. Madame was on an unusually large scale, a circumstance which made some of her traits more startling, and altogether rendered her, in her strange way, more awful in the eyes of a nervous child, I may say, such as I was. She used to look at me for a long time sometimes, with the peculiar smile I have mentioned, and a great finger upon her lip, like the Elysian priestess on the vase. She would sit, too, sometimes for an hour together, looking into the fire or out of the window, plainly seeing nothing, and with an odd fixed look of something like triumph, very nearly a smile, on her cunning face. She was by no means a pleasant gouvernante for a nervous girl of my years. Sometimes she had accesses of a sort of hilarity, which frightened me still more than her graver moods, and I will describe these by and by. End of chapter 4